chapter number 8, if you will, Acts chapter number 8, and uh, we, uh, we won't be long this morning in our preaching, as we do have some baptisms, and we want to make sure that we get everybody uh, their time, and uh, so we're going to do the best we can to try to facilitate that. Acts chapter number 8, if you're there, I want you to say amen. amen. Let me move back. All right. Maybe I can stand right here. I ain't promising nothing. All right. Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 29. How many of you have an Acts chapter number 8 with a verse number 29? Praise the Lord. You got the right Bible. Here we go. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither uh, to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. That is Isaiah chapter number 53. You get down in Isaiah chapter number 53, somewhere around about verse number 7 and 8, you'll see these words line up. Now, they won't be exactly the same, and the reason being is because you have two different languages that are being translated here, all right? Uh, in the New Testament, you had the Greek that's being translated into English. In the Old Testament, you would have had the Hebrew, the Aramaic being translated into English. And so, uh, here he's reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, there's a lot going on right here. We have uh, this Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, we know that he is an officer to the queen over in uh, Egypt or in Ethiopia. And here he is. He is returning from Jerusalem. Uh, the Bible tells us a little bit, uh, but it, what it doesn't tell us is that he was a proselyte, if you will, of Judaism. But yet he did not fully understand what he was reading in Isaiah. And this leads me to believe this, and how many of you know this, that you can know things about, uh, uh, about Christianity and not know all the truth. Amen. I need somebody to help me. Amen. And so here he is, he's reading from this, and the Holy Spirit tells Philip to go and join himself to this man. So Philip runs up to this chariot and he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch, he was very honest with him and he said, how can I understand except some man show me? In other words, how can I understand what's going on right here unless somebody sits down with me and shows me from Scripture what this all means? So the Bible tells us that he, uh, Philip did just that. Verse number 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Now this goes for all those that say, well, you know, Jesus, you don't find Jesus in the Old Testament. Jesus is all the way, you find Jesus all the way back in Genesis chapter number 3. All right? We find Jesus all the way through Scripture. Matter of fact, you find Jesus in chapter number 1, all right, of Genesis. But here, Philip takes the same Scripture that he's talking or that he's reading, Isaiah 53, and from there he preaches to him, Jesus, all right? The Bible tells us that after he did this, and as they went on, verse number 36, on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? All right? Now, that seems odd. Can I get a witness right there? Here he is. He's going to Jerusalem, more than likely to practice uh, 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 more along the lines of Judaism. Now he leaves from there and he's reading. By the way, we don't even understand this. We, we really don't get a grasp of this because you and I hold a Bible in our hand every day. You probably got three or four Bibles around your house. But this man had a scroll of the book of Isaiah, which would have been very, very valuable at that time. People didn't walk around with scrolls. They didn't have them in their house. As a matter of fact, that was the purpose of the synagogues was so that they could go somewhere and hear the word of God read because they did not have the Word of God available to them. So the fact that this Ethiopian eunuch had a scroll and had the book of Isaiah uh, uh, in his chariot nonetheless shows you the kind of dedication and loyalty, what he was seeking after. He was willing to pay any price to see it, to get it. But yet the Bible tells us that he did not understand and so Philip takes from Isaiah chapter number 53, which is, by the way, if you go back into the book of Isaiah, it is a chapter that is entitled the suffering Savior or the suffering servant. And so we know that this is a prophecy in Isaiah 700 years before Jesus would, be, would suffer and die on a cross for you and I. It was written by the prophet Isaiah that he would do so. But as soon as this Ethiopian eunuch understood that Jesus was the suffering servant and that Jesus had died for him, the first thing that he wanted to do was to be baptized. Amen. Does everybody see that? That's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, it ain't what precedent did he have to want to be baptized? Say, well, the baptism of, uh, uh, of John, but the baptism of John was for the Israelites. Right. It was a national baptism. It, was, it had nothing to do with a personal, individual baptism. And so where would he get this from? He got this because there were other Christians being baptized. Right. Is everybody with me? And he understood that baptism went along with Christianity. Amen. Those that believed in Christ got baptized. Is everybody all right? Now, I know some of you are saying, but John the Baptist, that, that preacher, I don't understand that. And, and, and I ain't got time to preach it. I'm not going to take time to preach it this morning. But let me ask you this. Did Jesus need to be baptized? No. So then why did Jesus get baptized by John? As an example, all right, and to identify with Israel. Everybody all right? Now, this baptism is completely different. 
Here this Ethiopian eunuch who's had nothing, no teaching, no nothing. He gets saved, all right? He hears the gospel. He learns about Jesus and he comes to a body of water and the first thing he says is, hey, why can't I be baptized? Right? Why? Because it identified him with believers. I need somebody to help me. This is what it was all about. So he asked him, he said, why can't I? Can't, what, what, what's keeping me from getting baptized? And Philip lets him know the next verse. Look at this. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart. I need somebody to help me. If thou believest with all thine heart. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 9 says that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, this is Revelation 10, or not, I'm sorry, Romans chapter number 10, verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when Philip said, or when the Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip and said, what is keeping me from being baptized? Philip said, do you believe? In other words, this only, you only get baptized if you believe. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, y'all help me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Does everybody get that? All right. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right. Does everybody, everybody under, get, get what I'm saying here? And so Philip takes him no different than what Paul has written to us in the book of Romans. And he tells us that if we shall confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth... Confession, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is made unto salvation. And so the Bible then tells us, and he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both, somebody help me with this next word, into the water. They went down, somebody help me, into the water. The Bible says, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now the next verse tells us some other things about this. It says, and when they were come up, everybody help me, out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you all something. If that happens to me, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting right in the desert. Can I get a witness? But apparently it did not bother the Ethiopian eunuch because the Bible says he went on his way rejoicing. God sent Philip to a Gentile, to somebody that was an unbeliever, and he led him to Jesus through Scripture, and then upon him receiving or believing what he had heard from Scripture, he was baptized. Is everybody with me? Now, I want us to look just real quickly this morning at three things and we'll be done. I want us to first look at the commission 
to be baptized. If you can go to Matthew chapter number 28, we're very familiar with this passage of Scripture, but in Matthew chapter number 28 and in verse number 18 is where we'll start our reading. Uh, This is the words of Jesus Christ. And when we go to Matthew chapter number 28 and we read and, and, and we have to understand the setting, Jesus is fixing to ascend into heaven. He is already resurrected from the grave. He has already spent 40 days on this earth after his resurrection. Now it is time for him to go to heaven and he gives this as a last challenge, a last battle call, a last command, if you will. And this was the commission. Jesus said, and Jesus came and spake to them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Somebody needs to rejoice over that. All power was given to Jesus. Satan has some power, but Jesus and God has all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now look at this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, all right? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I preached a sermon one time and I said, uh, if we don't go, there is no low. Can I get a witness? <laughs> no, we won't get to low without to go, amen? We're to go and we're to teach, all right? If you go to Mark chapter number 16, it says that we are to preach to all nations. We're to preach to all creatures is what the Bible says in Mark chapter number 16. And so we know this teach and this preach is the same thing. And so we are to go as disciples and we are to preach or to teach the gospel to others. And then we are to what? Baptize them. How? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we have the commission of baptism. Its source is from Jesus Christ Himself. I need somebody to help me. This wasn't something the apostles came up with. This wasn't something that the early church came up with. This is something that the Son of God, God Himself decreed to the church as He left to go back to heaven that you and I were to get people saved we were to preach the gospel then we were to baptize them and then we were teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you we are to help me disciple them that's our job that's the job of the church that's what we've been left to do and we do our best to do that around here matter of fact I didn't make this announcement but our small groups are starting up this week and uh, man you small group leaders you be ready for that it's exciting I'm looking forward to what God's going to do through this but this is a form of discipleship as well as our Bible college that we do every Tuesday night that's free to you all you got to do is show up you want to be a disciple you want to learn your Bible then come on Tuesday nights and I I will teach you your Bible. We'll go through every book of the Bible in a three-year span, and you will know what you believe. You will know where the Bible fits, where everything fits together, and how every bit of it comes together. You can learn that. Why? Because that's part of the church's job, is to disciple you. After we teach you or preach to you the gospel, after you get baptized, then we have the job of discipling you. And so as we look at this this morning, we see the commission for baptism. But then 
We see the course of baptism. The course of baptism. I'm going to get on my, my iPad. I hope y'all don't mind, but we see the precept behind it. Acts chapter number 10, if you will, verse 47 and verse 48. Acts chapter number 10, if you will, and we'll get to verse 47 and 48. Let me give you a rundown while we're doing that. Acts chapter number 10 is where Peter goes to Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile. At this point in time, the early church is progressing. The early church people are getting saved by the thousands. Persecution has come onto the church and now Peter is faced with the, uh, a reality that the gospel is not just for the Jews, it is for the Gentiles. And God gives him a vision and that vision, you remember the animals that were unclean and Peter said, no Lord, I'm not going to eat of anything that's unclean. And God told Peter, arise, kill and eat. I need every man in the house to say hallelujah. Praise God, if you don't hunt, you're not biblical. All right, let me go back. Isaiah, or Acts chapter number 10, verse number 47, Peter comes, or, or Peter has come to Cornelius' house and he has preached to him the gospel. And look at what happens right here. The Bible says, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? I'm going to let that just soak in right just for a few moments as we talk about the precepts of baptism. I told you that the Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip, he said, what doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart. This is for everybody that thinks baptism is necessary for salvation. This is for those that think that baptism is a part of regeneration. I want you to notice real quickly, if you will, that in Acts chapter number 8 with the Ethiopian eunuch, he had to believe before he got baptized. I want you to notice in Acts chapter number 10 with Cornelius that he received the Holy Ghost before he got baptized. I need somebody to help me. I don't know where we've gotten this doctrine that you have to be baptized to be saved, but this verse right here shows us that the Holy Spirit came upon Cornelius and those that were in his house before any of them were baptized. They got saved. I need, come on, help me. They got saved before they they got baptized. And so he said they have already, look at what Peter says, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. In other words, they got saved just like we did. Now look at verse number 48. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. And so we see that this thing is the precepts behind baptism. It is a command. We see a command from the Lord in our commission, but then we see here uh, Simon Peter gives us a command as one of the apostles, as one of the elders, as one of the leaders of the early church. We also see... The pattern, I want you to look in Colossians chapter number 2, and I'll read from this because it's a good bit of reading. Let me get my glasses on. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter number 2 and verse number 10, And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, all right, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This has nothing to do with a physical circumcision. It 
It has nothing to do with a fleshly circumcision. This is a circumcision of the heart. This is when you get saved. Can I get a witness? The Bible says in verse number 12, Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Somebody needs to say amen. amen. Blotting out the handwriting of that of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let me see if I can put this in Lake Parkian language. Is everybody ready? The Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross publicly. The Bible tells us that He was buried publicly. He was placed in a tomb. The Bible tells us three days later, He rose from that tomb. I need somebody to help me. Publicly. The Bible tells us that He was seen of the disciples. The Bible tells us He was seen of the women. The Bible tells us He was seen of 500 witnesses. In other words, he, His death, burial, and resurrection was public and it was a display showing that he had triumph he had he had victory go back to that verse please he had victory having spoiled principalities and powers he had victory he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it so, what are we supposed to do? I'm glad you asked. The Bible tells us that in verse number 12, buried with Him in baptism. Same, same thing. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who raised Him from the dead. And uh, let's see, where, where am I at? Go to the next verse. And you being dead in your sins... And the uncircumcision of your flesh. So what is baptism? We're talking about here, we're talking about the pattern. We've already looked at the precepts, but now we're talking about the pattern. What is the pattern? The pattern is the same as Christ. We're identifying with Christ. Christ died on the cross. He was buried. Three days later... He rose again. Is everybody seeing this? When you get baptized, you die to your sins. Hallelujah. We die to our sins. Our sins are forgiven. Then you and I are baptized with Him, buried with Him in baptism. Buried, are y'all getting it? Buried with Him in how? In baptism. Brother, Brother Sheldon, I ain't got to go put me in the grave. I ain't got to be thrown in a tomb. I'm buried with Him. How? In baptism. Raised to walk in the newness of life. Just as He was raised from the dead, I'm raised from the dead to a new life. This is the pattern. This is the pattern of baptism. We are showing Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection when you and I get baptized we're putting once again all principalities. Oh, y'all ain't getting it. We're putting once again all principalities. All, we're triumphing over all principalities, all things that put Jesus to death. You and I are showing the 
triumph of God over it. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. We see the precepts. We see the pattern. But I want you to notice the process. We've already talked about this. We've already looked at Acts chapter number 8. And this is where we're going to go back to. But in Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 38, I believe it is, 35. Verse number 35. In Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 35, which is already where we've been, the Bible tells us, and I've already, I've already covered this so I won't go long, but the Bible tells us that the process of baptism comes after salvation after salvation I've had people tell me all the time I get people come up here and they they I got baptized when I was eight years old no you got wet I need somebody to help me I need somebody to help me I got saved I got baptized when I was six I got baptized when I was ten I've already been baptized preacher but you just come up here and told me you weren't saved You just come up here and told me you weren't saved. And the Bible tells us that when we get saved, what's the next step? It doesn't tell us that we're to do it if we feel like it. I need somebody to help me. Did y'all catch that? Jesus commanded us to baptize as a church. But the apostles commanded us as Christians, as individuals. He commanded Cornelius and them after they had received the Holy Spirit, after they had gotten saved, he commanded them to what? Be baptized. When? After they got saved. That's right. Come on. And so, when we do this, we are showing Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. I need somebody to help me. I've been married to, I've been married to my wife for 30 years. Me and her has been together almost 32 years. And I don't know why she put up with me that long, but I'm thankful that she did. We got married, and uh, if any of y'all, some of y'all met my best friend when we went over to uh, Israel. Y'all met my best friend. Y'all know he ain't got no finger, right? I need somebody to help me. Y'all remember Kirk? Kirk doesn't have his ring finger. Kirk was in the Marine Corps, and he jumped off a truck and left his finger up there. Is everybody all right? So I never did wear a ring. I didn't want, man, I wasn't going to wear a ring. But you know what? I still been married for 30 years. I need somebody to help me. I just took my ring off. Amen. Guess what? I'm still married. Who said it? Amen. Boy, I tell you what. You're on fire this morning. Here we go. I'm still married. That means I can take this thing off. I can put it in my pocket. I'm still married. Amen. I can give it to one of y'all. I'm still married. To her, <laughs> not you. Everybody all right? And so anyhow, I, I can take that ring off. And I, I am still married. Amen. All right? But when I put that ring on, guess what it does? It tells you I'm married. If I walk around without no ring, how are you going to know that I'm married unless you ask me? I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to quit acting like y'all ain't never been in the club checking out men and women. Don't be lying to me. First thing y'all do, be looking over there on that ring finger. Before anything else, you're going to have to. I need somebody to help me, especially you guys. I need somebody to help You better be. Looking for that ring. Why? Because that ring tells you a lot about a person. That ring tells you who or if that person belongs to someone else. So, everybody all right? So when you see a ring on somebody, you know they are married. Or at least hoping. (laughs) All right, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Baptism, the same thing. You take baptism off salvation, you still say. You're still saved. 
I'm sorry, but you can't convince me otherwise. Acts chapter number 10 says that they received the Holy Ghost without even being baptized. All right? I, I'm sorry, but I don't think the Holy Ghost is going to come in people that are lost. They got saved. They got the Holy Spirit, right? We're baptized in the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it like this. He said that you've been baptized with John. He said, but there's coming a day you'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is what it was talking about in Acts chapter number 10. They got saved. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But they didn't get baptized by water until afterwards. And when they got baptized by water, they put baptism on. And everybody else knew that they were saved. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? And so when we see this, I want you to notice lastly, and I'm done, the community of baptism. See, in the early church, for us, it's a time of rejoicing. We're celebrating today, as a matter of fact. We're going to get up here, and I'm going to baptize. People are going to come in, man. It's, it's exciting. We're going to baptize, and you're going to get to see people start their walk with Christ in the commands of Christ, in obedience to the Word of God, right? All right? But for the early church, it wasn't like that. See, for the early church, for them to be baptized publicly... Not only meant that they were identifying with Christ, but it, was, it meant that they denounced Judaism. See, we get all excited about baptism, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm proud, I'm thankful that we ain't under the persecution that the early church was. I'm glad that we can celebrate openly, we can put it out there in the public that we got baptized. But the early church, it was a sacrifice when they got baptized. Because they had family that was watching. They had friends that was watching. And for them to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost meant that they were denouncing everything that they were taught. Everything that they had learned. Everything that they had been taught from a child that God had commanded through the Mosaic Law. They were shown at that time they were forsaking the law. They were forsaking Judaism, Amen. and they were coming to Christ. That's right. Everybody with me? See, the community of believers, this community of baptism, it is an identification with those who have done what you have. That's right. I need somebody to help me. Nobody likes to go to a marriage conference when they're single. <laughs> hey, nobody. Listen here, if you like to go to a marriage conference when you're single, you, 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 you need Jesus. <laughs> you have the wrong intentions. I need somebody to help me. Nobody. Why? Because when you're single, you don't identify with somebody that's been married. I have a hard time with an 18-year-old that don't understand. I've been through 30 years of marriage. I need somebody to help me. I've been married... Mm. I've been married longer than most of these people that are getting married that have been alive. Amen. You don't understand marriage like I do. That's right. Come on. Somebody that's single, 18, 19, 20 years old, you ain't got a clue about marriage. You think, it's, oh, we're going to live together. Lord, help. That is, that's the hardest part about it. I need somebody to help me. Amen. <laughs> that's the hardest part about it. Man, get up. Me and Michelle yesterday, I, let, let me tell you, I, she ain't in here. Is she good? I'm going to do this right now. 
I ain't going to get a chance to do this tomorrow. So I'm trying to get ready for this thing. I'm trying to help a friend out with this, with this revival. And so we're leaving to go to Kentucky. And Michelle, she comes in there. And I'm watching football because that's what guys do on Saturday, right? I need somebody to help me. So anyhow, I'm watching some good football. And Michelle comes in there. And she says, you got to get your clothes ready. <laughs> yeah, y'all think she's sweet. She's not. She says, you got to get your clothes ready. And I said, okay. And I sat there for a few more moments. Oh, see, she knows. That just makes a woman mad. I need somebody to help me. She wasn't mad enough at the first time, so I just kind of sat there for a few minutes. She comes back through. Don't speak this time. I knew she was at that boiling point, so I said, what do you want me to do? She says, you need to come get your clothes ready. You need to come get what you're wearing and all this. I ain't picking out your clothes for you. I said, okay. So I come in there. Is everybody all right? And if I need somebody that's like my house. Your clothes don't get folded. Amen. I need somebody to help me. They get washed. We got 950, uh, 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 what do they call them, laundry baskets laying around the house. Each one of them has clothes in it. Amen. They're clean as they can be. Amen. They just ain't been folded. I get to do that part. And I'll do my clothes. Is everybody all right? Amen. So here I am. I get all my stuff together. I'm packing my suitcase. I get my clothes. Is everybody all right? Because she told me I had to get my clothes. So I got my clothes. I went in there and I picked out what I wanted to wear. I need somebody to help me. Fellas, I need somebody to help me. She said, go pick out your clothes. Go get what you want to wear. I went and got what I wanted to wear. I put it into the suitcase. She comes through. I need somebody to help me. Checking on me. <laughs> been married 30 years. I've been doing a good job of dressing myself. I ain't never been thrown in jail for not having on clothes. I need somebody to help me. I've always been good about it. Always. I, I, hey, if she packs my stuff, she'll forget underwear. She'll forget it. I remember it all. Socks, belts, everything. Undershirts. I need somebody to help me. She comes checking on me. This is what I hear. This don't match. This, this don't match. I need somebody to help me. Me and her about how to come to Jesus meme. Right there. I said, well then, you pick out my clothes. And for those of you that your wife don't pick out your clothes, I'll help you out. This is how it goes. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. Let's go eat the Mexican. I don't want Mexican. See, same thing. Same thing. Everybody on the same page? Everybody with me? <laughs> hey, let's go eat a steak. I don't want a steak tonight. Let's go eat seafood. I don't want seafood. What do you want? I don't care. Y'all with me? Hey, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old ain't never been married. Somebody help me. They don't understand the restraint that goes right there. Why? Because they can't identify. Can't identify, right? They can't identify. Listen to me. Baptism is you and I identifying with other believers. And when we do so, it's a support system. Can I get a witness? It's a support system. That's what it was in the early church. Even though, it was, even though you risked your life to do it, even though you risked relationships to do it, 
it identified you with a group of people that would become your family, that would become your friend, that would help to meet your needs, not only spiritually, but physically. Baptism. What an important part. Y'all that are getting baptized, you can go ahead and get ready. I think Dalton and Miss Michelle is back in here. But as we get ready for this, Brother Matt, if you will help me, as we get ready for this, I want you to know that baptism is a command. God has given us a command to be baptized. God has given us the privilege to be baptized into a community of believers. And so this morning as we celebrate these that have gotten saved and that are following the Lord in baptism, I want you to celebrate with them. The 11 o'clock hour is going to be the same way. I think we got nine or something to baptize in the 11 o'clock hour. God is doing a work. But I want to give an invitation while they're getting ready. I want you to bow your heads with me. And I want to ask you a serious question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you have been saved? Has there ever been a time in your life where you have been saved? We can celebrate baptism all you want. But the truth is, is that without salvation, you can just get wet. Say, preacher, I got, say, I got baptized when I was a teenager. I got baptized with this. We were at this youth thing, and I got baptized with everybody else. Did you believe? The Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So maybe you're in here today, Say, preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. There's never been a time in my life, preacher, where I've trusted Christ as my personal Savior. I want you to know that you can do that today. It's simple, and we're not going to make it difficult. I want you to know the Bible tells us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means we've all sinned, every one of us. The Bible then tells us after that, it says... The wages, the wages of sin are death. In other words, there's a payment for sin. We've all sinned and there's a payment for that sin. The Bible tells us that the payment for that sin or the wage for that sin is death. That's just not a physical death. That is a spiritual death. That is complete separation from God. There's only one place that there's complete separation from God. It's a place called hell, a place that Jesus preached about more than he preached about heaven. He warned us about hell. He gave more description of hell than he ever did of heaven. The Bible tells us, that verse doesn't end there. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That gift is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave. There's a gift. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says, But God commendeth His love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
And the Bible tells us that if, we shall, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. A few verses later, he sums it up with verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This morning, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, I wonder if you'd pray with me. Say, preacher, I, I believe. Do you believe this morning? Do you believe Jesus died for you? Do you believe he was buried? Do you believe he died on a cross for you, was buried? And three days later, he rose again. If you believe that this morning, I wonder if you'd pray, confess with your mouth. Maybe you'd pray something like this, Lord, I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Lord, I call on your name. Lord, I ask you to save me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you was buried. I believe three days later you rose again, conquering death and the grave for me. Lord, the best way I know how I ask you to save me. And since you gave your life for me, I repent of my sin and give my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Nobody's looking around. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, I want you to just lift your hand up. Preacher, I prayed that prayer. I called on the name of the Lord. Thank you. You can put it down. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you. You can put it down. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. God, for being so good to us. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, I pray this morning as we celebrate the salvation that we've seen over the last few weeks. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help each one of these. Lord, I pray that you give them assurance. Lord, I pray that, Lord, everybody in this building will realize that they're now family. They're now to be supported. They're now to be loved. They're now to be discipled. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you get all honor and glory out of everything that's done. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen.